International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition International Orienteering Podcast International Orienteering Podcast is here with uh, a really nice episode uh, today. Uh, we will talk a lot about uh, Yukula. Uh, this weekend and uh, analyze uh, all the things that happened uh, in the forest in uh, Borgo or uh, Povu in uh, uh, a bit south of uh, Helsinki this weekend. Uh, yeah, I uh, imagine you are a bit tired after the weekend, Eva. You were also running a long leg and uh, it used to be a li- little of sleep uh, during those uh, weekends. Yeah, so I was running the the long third leg, you know, in the middle of the night. So I had to, um, yeah, I slept a little bit after the women's relay on Saturday evening, and then I've been awake. I was awake the whole the whole night after my race. So yeah, uh, yesterday evening I was really really tired, but now on Monday evening I'm starting to feel like a normal human being again. <laughs> It's like uh, in Norway we have this. Uh... Rusetid, when you have done uh, the primary school, uh, it's uh, kind of like uh, being at a party like that uh, this uh, Yukula weekend, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, back in my days, I was uh, I was serious and trying to get to the Jaywalk in Denmark in 2010 when I was last year in the in the high school. So I didn't take part in all that kind of stuff, unfortunately. Uh, I didn't even qualify for Jaywalk, so it was a wasted opportunity there. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's like this all the time after Tumula and Nukula, and I I feel now that when I'm yeah in my thirties, it's harder than when when it was how it was ten years ago. So yeah, we'll see how many more nights like this I can I can survive. It's harder both uh, running and uh, recovering, but um, we can uh, just start with some. Um... Uh, brief uh, news. Uh, uh, last week uh, it came um, the program from the uh, new relay league they will have in Sweden that will start up in 2024 was uh, released. Uh, and it starts with uh, a uh, relay in uh, Skåne in, uh, with Afko Jöngarna. I think it's the organizers that had Tiumila in uh, 2019. Uh, it's a um, relay down there in uh, Uh, last day of March, then it's um, Stigtomtakavlen, a traditional Ukohalen uh, uh, relay in the middle of April, Tiumila in the beginning of May, that will go in Nineshamn, uh, same as in 2018. Uh, in the middle of May, Almby, Garpa Hittans och Hagaby GOEF, together with KFM Örebro, will have a relay. And uh, then it's uh, Swedish Champs Sprint Relay, last day of June. And uh, it's Swedish uh, Relay uh, Champs in uh, beginning of September. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what do you think about this program? Is it balanced and good? Well, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, if in one way it's extremely balanced because you have uh, two established historical relays in Timil and Sigtumtakavlen and then you have two Swedish champs relays and then you have two new relays that is in organized in connection with the Swedish league uh, so both number one in Skåne and number four in Örebro 
will be in a weekend where there's like first a middle distance Swedish league, then a long distance Swedish league, and then the relay. Uh, so yeah, it's a balanced program in that way. Uh, honestly, I, I don't really see the point of including the sprint relay championship in this, uh, in this competition because yeah, all the other competitions are forest orienteering. Uh, all the other competitions are where you compete in separate teams for men and women, while the sprint relay is uh, is a mixed competition. Um, so yeah, I I think that one is the odd one out, and I don't think it's adding that much value to the concept. Uh, and then I must say, I'm I'm I was hoping I was really hoping that the this Swedish relay league would be a good opportunity to revive the traditional. Uh, Smålandskavlen. Uh, Smålandskavlen was for a long time a very, very big relay, always finishing the season off. Uh, and then they started struggling six, seven years ago and the numbers of participants went down and the last few years it hasn't been organized. Uh, and I was hoping that the, that the, yeah, it could be revived as the final of the relay league because I think it's a bit sad to have the final at the Swedish champs relay because at the Swedish champs relay, uh, the medals in the in the relay champs is what matters, and not the overall point standing in the in 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 the in the relay league. So I think that's a that's a missed chance, uh, and I hope that uh, for twenty twenty five they can. It doesn't have to be small as carbon, of course, but it should be one relay in the end of the season that is like the final where the relay league is what matters, and not finishing off with the Swedish champs relay. Um, and uh, we need to mention that um, about about these relays, it's Stig Tomtokavlen and Tiumela that is uh, night and day relays. Uh, all the others are uh, during daylight. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot to mention that. But uh, I totally agree. I also like uh, liked uh, the concept of uh, Smålandskavlen. When you had uh, those two uh, individuals start uh, night... Uh, Legs and then uh, a chasing start in the morning on uh, leg number three. But uh, yeah, maybe they after evaluation in uh, 2024, we'll have uh, that back on the program in 2025. Yeah, and, and you know, always when you start up new things, it's important that you the the format and the concept is not uh, locked. So there will be a lot of things happening next year they can use to uh, prepare. The, the following years and stuff like that and it will be interesting to see how this relay league affects the, the relays that are still taking part that are not a part of this uh, for example like the traditional Mosenstafetten or Kolmordskavlen uh, I hope to see you, them included in the future as well uh, you don't need to have all of them every year but uh, it should be uh, like uh, the traditional relays, they should be in there sometimes and then maybe not the next year and then they come back. Um, and yeah, it will be yeah, it will be good to see the relays are connecting with the Swedish League. I think that's a, that's a good step. Uh, normally it's been Swedish League. Yeah, it's been for all the, all the best ones, of course, but then the ones that are, yeah, you know, number 80 to number 150 in Sweden. They are, you know, still good orienteers, but they may might not take part in Swedish league. But now with the relays connected, hopefully they will go to these big weekends as well. Yeah, that's the good with the relays. Uh, uh, more runners are needed to, uh, yeah, to fill up the teams uh, and uh, yeah, and do trainings to 
to enough good trainings to to compete for a space in the relay team. Uh, about uh, good training, I, I saw last uh, week that uh, there is uh, some new trainers in um, the for the youth and um, juniors in Switzerland. Actually, you Eva are are one of the new uh, junior uh, national team coaches. Uh, you will. Uh, Starting the job first uh, of November together with Gianni Guglimenti. Is that the correct uh, pronunciation of that name? Yeah, Gianni Guglimetti. Uh, I think that's quite correct. Uh, so he's from the Italian speaking part of Switzerland. Uh, and I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it perfectly yet, but uh, I will learn that. Uh, but you also will uh, teach um, the Swiss Orienteer how to actually qualify for. Jaywalk, as you mentioned, you didn't uh, manage in uh, 2010, but you managed that in 2011. So, you know, uh, you've been there as a runner and I know you will be there, be there as a trainer also. And I saw also there were some um, yeah, good names um, for a AOC team. Um, so that's for uh, the younger juniors in uh, Switzerland. Yeah, so Elena Ross and Patrick Wursten will become uh, the new AOC team coaches. Uh, I think it's no it's no secret that this is the, the last year where Elena Ross will be aiming for the World Championship, uh, finishing off with the World Champs at home ground in three weeks' time. Um, and then, you know, back to the normal life, you know, where you have to have a proper war- job and stuff like that. And, but she will still be connected with the orienteering world through the through the AOC team of Switzerland. But uh, she is actually working part-time also now, or is she full-time orienteer um, this year, the last year? No, she's been working all the time, but it's been less and less now before the World Championship. Uh, so I would say hey, she's quite professional uh, <laughs> uh, at the moment. Yeah, she is actually so um, professional that the uh, week in um, Finland there was well, no space for her to fit in that in the season plan. Uh, I think we should start with how it um, uh, went in Venla um, uh, Relay in um, Finland during the uh, early afternoon in, uh, on Saturday. Um, I think uh, you were uh, maybe not at the arena then, uh, you were watching um, television uh, after uh, training in the morning, as far as I know. Yeah, so you know, that's uh, my standard Jukola uh, routine is that I go for a, a short jog in the morning and then I eat some nice lunch and then I go in front of the TV to follow the Ule uh, production of, uh, of the Venla Relay. Uh, no better way to get in the, in the mood for, for the night than watching the girls run first. And actually I stayed at the Turing's place uh, where um, yeah, you were running for Turing. And I was when I was going to the arena, I saw you were going to training, and I could hear you were telling one of the juniors in the team that uh, you believed in Suatuna because they had one girl missing quite a lot on first leg in Tiumila. And if they could uh, fix that, they, they would be uh, uh, one of the favorites. And you, uh, yeah, you predicted that Suatuna would win this relay. Uh, yeah, as we know now, it didn't go that way. But I think we should go through it from the start, the first leg and so on. Is that the best way to do it? Yeah, we can start with, because in the last episode, we did the predictions of the top five. Uh, and I 
as you mentioned, I said Sturatuna would win ahead of IFK Göteborg, Kalvan Rasti, Ukolinje and Iktisa. Um, so yeah, but I think my uh, my judgment of the Sturatuna team, uh, I, st- I still think it was a good judgment because uh, they lined up in a different way than I would, than I predicted that they, predicted that they would do and a different way than what I would think is the best option. So I was expecting them to start with Tilda Esberg and then have Rebecca Heinrup on the second second leg. Uh, Rebecca Heinrup, she won the second leg at Umila. Um, she's a very stable orienteer, but not the fastest. Uh, Tilda Esberg is one of those girls that have like the overspeed you really want on a first leg. Uh, so I still don't understand why they, they went with that lineup, but yeah. Um, as we will see when we go through the relay, they, they lost some time early on and that was uh, very, very important in the end, uh, those minutes lost there. Uh, it's uh, like in football, uh, they always uh, tell when they have strange uh, selections um, that uh, the expert they, they are not on the training um, every, every day, so they don't know what they're talking about. So, but we can... Yeah, of, of course, of course. And you know, it's... Uh, me from the outside i'm just looking at the how the runners are running and how i deem their capacity to be like and the and the skill set and in the end we know that first leg in relay is different difficult and it's different from all the other legs in many ways and if the runner doesn't want to run that can be an example as why there can be a reason why why a runner that on the paper looks to be a great first leg runner uh, doesn't even want to run it yeah uh, but there was uh, quite a lot of uh, great first leg runners uh, heading out uh, 2 o'clock uh, here in uh, Finland. And uh, it was a really tight uh, first leg with um, uh, 14, t- 14 teams uh, within one minute uh, as uh, Nidalens Asko uh, 101 behind uh, there uh, uh, in the changeover. It was uh, uh, bib number two, IFK Lidingö, uh, with uh, Veronika Kalinina, who were first. Uh, but they have uh, had the, their best runners on the first leg, so there were no danger there, I think. No, and uh, last year they did a fantastic Venla relay, but this year they, yeah, they've lost uh, some runners, uh, some injuries in the team. Uh, and therefore they went with the best runner in the team on the first leg. And yeah, it paid off in the way that they were first to change over, got some publicity, you know, and that's always good. Uh, and then it was, uh, yeah, as you said, quite close. Uh, some of the top teams, they were just behind leading. Uh, some of the other good teams they were missing. But I mean, it was a good start for, for teams like Vestevik that was in second place, Iktisa in third place. Uh, Pan Olrys was in number six. That's a fantastic performance because Hedvig Gidesen, she started as team number 1548. Uh, and already at the first TV control after like two kilometers or something, she was up in uh, in the top 40. And then she worked her way all the way up in the front. So uh, changing over in sixth place, 35 seconds behind when you started as number 1548 in the last row. Uh, that's for sure something she will remember forever. Um, and uh, you mentioned uh, Vastavik, um, five minutes down as number two. Uh, five seconds, uh, not five, uh, five minutes. Five, five seconds. Uh, uh, Lena Liason Löv, uh, she was really happy when she read out uh, that she was uh, uh, not uh, disqualified because uh, she, um, 
she was missing uh, one punch at the Tio Mila when she also was running in the lead. And uh, I think she were at that control, but they didn't have it in the uh, in the SA card. Uh, so she was really relieved when she was uh, good uh, to, uh, yeah, she was uh, good to go this time. Uh, others, it's worth mentioning of the favorites. Uh, there were some uh, losing uh, some minutes here in already yes, in the first leg. Yeah, so some of the favorites team like IFK uh, Göteborg, OK Linné, uh, Nydalen, they were in the in the front group losing between 40 and 60 seconds. Uh, but then there was a lot of teams losing significant time here. Uh, we, and we know that the, the Venla relay with four four legs, they're not too long. If you're losing time early on, it's it's hard. It's always hard to get back. And a lot of the good teams, they were losing time. If we start with the, there was a big group within between three and four minutes behind where you had yes, teams that were some of the favorites in beforehand. Uh, Uko Kore, for example, uh, that was really good last year. But they had, yeah, they had a weaker lineup, so they did not have a favorite team this year. Uh, but they lost three minutes and they finished in 26th place. Helsing and Sunnesaid lost uh, more than three minutes. They never got back in the top 10, finished 13th. Laden Sunnesaid, one of the favorites. They were in this group, but they got back in the top 10 fight later. And the same with Tampere Pirinto. Uh, Halden, Jarla, Tisar and Malung, they were also losing in between three and four minutes. And they were never getting back in the top. Uh, then at four and a half minutes, we had Sturatuna. Uh, Rebecca Heinrich lost four and a half minutes there. And normally you could think that yeah, if everything goes well from here, that's within reach. Uh, but we will see that they had some problems further on. Iko Harka Poikarna, they lost four and a half minutes, finished 25th place. Um, but yeah, they were more there than is... three and a half minutes behind the first, behind the second team. Uh, so they, yeah, it's always like this, you know, with these teams that have a lot of, they have, that have good depth that you see the first leg runners in the second team, they are far ahead of the first team if the first team are making mistakes. Yeah, uh, we will see later on in the men's uh, relay there, there was, um, Kalamaros, this second team, were running uh, uh, among top 10 when uh, when the first team was uh, running uh, quite uh, much fa- farther down in the relay. Um, yeah, and then we but, uh, we got... Uh, but yeah, but yeah, before we go to second leg, there was a lot of good teams that we have been mentioned as outsiders for top spots. Uh, Sunta Yveskele, for example, they lost five minutes. Uh, Uel Norska, they lost eight minutes and they were never getting back. Espon Sunta lost 10 minutes. And MS Parma lost 12 minutes. So there was a lot of good teams that were completely out of it uh, already by the first leg. Yeah, uh, you can, uh, can't win the relay on the first leg, but you can lose it. Uh, and uh, on second leg, it was uh, already really good runners uh, heading out. Uh, of course, uh, Simona Eversol is worth mentioning. Uh, when uh, IFK Göteborg can have her on the second leg, yeah, yeah you understand that it's a really strong team. And uh, she made it first to the changeover after the second leg. Yeah, and it's, it's no surprise that she when she starts less than a minute behind, and she was basically the only one uh, in the top that is yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a runner that you expect to fight for, for book medals. So she went to the front early on. Uh, dropped everyone, uh, made mistake, got caught, uh, and then dropped everyone again. Uh, so in the in the end, she came to the changeover half a minute ahead of Nidal, uh, 
and then there was a small group there with Bios and the surprise team of one of the surprise team of, of this year, uh, Ukoline and Iktisa. And then there was a small gap down to Kalvan Rasti, and then a big gap from Kalvan in sixth place and down to team number seven. Uh, Stura Tuna, instead of catching time on this leg, they continued to lose and were now almost five and a half minutes behind, uh, together with Tampere Pirento and Laden Um So, yeah, but this was a very f- interesting leg. Um, yeah, Simona was running the fastest leg time, uh, not unexpecting, and then she brought Jotboy to the lead just as she did at Tiumila, and she got a small gap, just as she got at Tiumila. Um, so, yeah, big, big step forward for Yves Göteborg to towards the victory here. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I, I uh, when they were heading out there and I saw the opponents uh, for uh, Simone Eversolt, I, I, I thought she could come back with uh, a couple of minutes lead. Uh, she's actually just uh, half a minute uh, faster than... Uh, uh, Pia Youngvik, she's a junior, and Marie Posting, uh, uh, she is uh, a veteran uh, who retired uh, seven years, six or uh, six or seven years ago from the Norwegian national team. So, uh, yeah, I I, I think uh, actually Yifko Göteborg uh, was, uh, uh, yeah, the tactic was to uh, got a really big gap here. Yeah, but you know, the leg is so short, they were running for 35 minutes, so it's hard to get a big gap. Uh, but then, of course, Simona, she could have created quite a lot bigger gap because she she yeah, she dropped them two times, uh, but made mistakes, uh, got caught, and therefore the gap was not that big as it could have been if she had a clean race. But yeah, you of course, you always expect the best runners in the world to perform almost a clean race technically uh, especially in terrains that is tricky but not extremely tricky so even but yeah even if it wasn't a perfect race from simona it's still it's still a very good race uh, and yeah as you mentioned those girls that were running behind her they were running maybe a bit over what you could expect uh, especially from our fasting uh, i think she was she retired after the 2016 world champs so it's seven years now uh, but she when she was running with Simona on the first two first TV controls, it looked like she had never stopped. Yeah, I saw she on the warm up also, uh, and I, uh, yeah, uh, I understood that she was uh, looking forward to go out there uh, and run together with, uh, yeah, one of the best in the world. Uh, on uh, leg number three, um, Yves Göteborg uh, uh, running in the lead and uh, also first to the changeover here. Uh, uh, just uh, over half a minute ahead of, uh, yeah, could we call Igtis a surprise here? I mean, we as we talked about them before, uh, we knew that they had a really, really strong team. And I think I said that it would not be a surprise if they are in the top three after three legs and they were number two. So I, as, I, as we said, it's not a surprise. We can't say it's a surprise, no, but because they have really good runners. Um, but yeah, EF Göteborg was running in front, Sana fast, she was running fast, uh, increasing the lead, making mistakes, so the others came closer, increasing the lead, making mistakes, increasing the lead, making mistakes, so it was not a, a perfect race for her, but she kept the lead, and yeah, she was uh, actually increasing the lead slightly to the hardest opponents, uh, Nidan, Linnea, Kalma, Rasti, they lost uh, between half a minute and two minutes 
Tampere Pirinte was one team that managed to get closer. Laden Sunnisad came closer. Uh, but Suratuna, they lost time also here. So, yeah, even if Sanafast did not run a, a perfect race, uh, it was still good enough to increase the chances of uh, IFK Gothenburg victory. And that's that's basically what matters. Yeah, um, yeah we saw here that, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Laden Sunnestad had a good ra- uh, leg with uh, Elisa Matila and... Uh, Ja, Sunta Jöveskle, det var droppt early. Det är Vera Clementinen hade bäst time on the leg, but Sanna Fast did her job and yeah, I mean that so good that Sarah Hagsson is this year. The most important is that she is in in contention with the lead when she is heading out on the last leg. Yeah, and now especially she got a gap down to Stora Tuna of around six minutes. And even if uh, Tuva Alexandersson would perform a super race, uh, Sarah Hagström would have to deliver a bad race by her standard to be able to lose six minutes. Uh, but she's been so good this year. Uh, yeah, she beat Tuva in the, in the World Cup. Uh, she's been close to Tuva in the Swedish League. And she was the fastest runner here until the last control where she started celebration. So, yeah, it was a, she got a small small gap at the start, uh, increased from the beginning, never looked in danger, looked stable and just increased all the time. And in the end, it was uh, almost five minutes down. So it was a very, very dominating victory from IFK Göteborg. Uh, even if all the three first runners ran okay uh, they made mistakes uh, but Sarah Hagsum she was uh, outstanding on the last leg and yeah it's three weeks until the world championship and I mean she couldn't be in a better position uh, no she's running with uh, great uh, self-confidence uh, and uh, in uh, second place it was uh, quite surprising for me that uh, it was uh, Johanna Öberg who ran and not uh, Johanna Riedefeldt <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I had to ask Albin Riedfeldt in the morning if there were if there had been a divorce, uh, but no, they are still they are still married and all is good. Uh, so I think it was just like you know, Tiumila have now you could have this uh, separate uh, registration system. So I guess they just haven't changed her name there. So Johanna Riedfeldt was running the last leg for Ukolina, even if the result says it's Johanna Öberg, her old name. Yeah, they were number two, uh, almost five minutes down, and uh, Kalman Rosti, num- number three, uh, just a couple of seconds behind uh, Ukraine. Then we had uh, two Alexandersson and Stortuna fourth, and Nidal five. We can uh, fast continue. Tampere and Pirent, Askopoyent, Eladen Sunnestad, Igtisa, and Ukopan, Aarhus finished top ten. Then it's 12 minutes almost since... Uh, so Hogsom uh, is in the finish. Yeah, but it was a, it was a quite even if the, it was quite obvious early on the last day how the how who would win who would win the race. It was still in a very exciting fight for the second and third place, uh, ending almost in a sprint finish. Uh, there were several teams in the fight for a podium a long time. Uh, Tuva Alexandersson was coming from behind, catching catching the other teams were making mistakes. Um, like uh, Ikisa had a rough last leg. Hanna Wisniewska started out in second place and finished in ninth. Um, she's a she's a very good runner, but uh, quite unstable technically. And yeah, this day she didn't have a good day. 
Uh, when it comes to the orienteering, she made many mistakes and got passed by a lot of teams. But I still think ninth place is a it's a it's a it's a good result for Itisa. Uh, also, uh, Nirals and Anamagatelsk and Nuberg lost uh, a couple of minutes here on the last leg. Uh, they yeah, could so, been, you know, uh, I saw I saw so afterwards that she complained that she's too old to run with the best ones now. So, yeah, at at age forty seven, apparently it catches up to you. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a uh, rough, uh, rough out there uh, running against the world's elite. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, she is able to take the challenge. Uh, um, yeah, uh, she lost a bit in the beginning, but then I think she stabilized the race and. Uh, they're a top five again, uh, uh, same as last year. Yep, and then on the last leg, we had two teams dropping far down. Uh, Biosen had uh, been performing very, very good on the first three legs where they were in sixth position. Uh, and then they put out, yeah, on paper, the weakest runner on the last leg. So they dropped down to 17th. But I think overall, it was a very, very good race for them. And I think 17th is a really good result. Uh, I saw on, I think it was Friday night where Janne Salme posted on Facebook. He was guessing his top 20 in both Wenla and Jukola. And there I saw that he had guessed Biosen as number 15. And I was thinking, no, that's way too optimistic. But yeah, Janne was right. Biosen was good enough for a, for, a, for a spot in the top 20. And 17th is a good result for them. Uh, Vestevik had also a good relay on the first three legs where they were number nine of the three legs. But then uh, Nicolina Friberg-Kristine on the last leg had a very, very bad day in the forest. Uh, disappointing with the, yeah, with the orienteering technique. And she lost a lot of time uh, dropping down from ninth place to 37th. But yeah, they were doing good. Uh, Lena Eliasson, as you mentioned on the first leg, she was really, really good. Uh, Agnes Kracht on the third leg was one of the fastest. So there's uh, a lot of potential in that team too. Yeah, last leg runner here was really disappointed that uh, it was not uh, only a, a bad day, it was uh, a really bad day in the forest. So, yeah, but uh, that's uh, that can happen. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and as we mentioned, it's really tough when you're up against uh, the world's elite. And I mean, uh, you mentioned Bios and I, and they, they totally uh, uh, succeed with their tactics uh, in this relay, I think. Yeah, I think they were starting starting strong, uh, trying to get in the good groups on the second and third leg, uh, and then just hoping to avoid the big big time losses on the last leg, and it was good. Uh, but we have to we have to be yeah we have to say a big chapeau to the Ukolinea team, three very young Norwegian girls and more experienced Johanna Öberg. They were talked about as a very interesting team for Timila. There they didn't perform top top. Uh, but this was uh, very, very good, and yeah, it seemed solid from start to finish. No big mistakes, good relay running, uh, and a very, very strong finish from Johanna Riedfeldt. Yeah, it was uh, impressive uh, of the three ju- juniors there, and uh, yeah, uh, no, it's not, not a junior three. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. not a junior anymore. She was last year, but not anymore. Once, always. No, uh, that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, the young uh, Norwegian uh, runners there, at least, uh, and um, and also we got uh, two uh, new uh, Vanla winners in Ingelunanas and Simona Eversol. They have not been winning this uh, relay before. 
Simona hasn't been winning with Tampere. No, no, she no, okay. has not. They won number four with the second team um, in uh, Yuansu, uh, I think. But, yeah. Uh, but okay, she has so not... not been. No. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but last year the win for the first time. I, if, if, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that it's likely not going to be the last one. Uh, last year, uh, Sonna Fast and Saw Hogsom was uh, in the winning team. We can uh, hear what uh, uh, Sonna Fast said uh, after uh, this year's uh, victory. Uh, Sonna Fast, uh, you were running in the second team actually at EU Milo, but uh, at Venlo you were running in the first team and you were uh, running in the lead all the way. Uh, uh, tell a bit about uh, your leg and, uh, yeah, and the whole journey for IFK. Yeah, it wasn't really that good, at least not in the end. Uh, I messed up quite big to the second last control. But uh, yeah, I managed to stay in the lead, which I'm really happy about uh, to give uh, Sarah a good uh, uh, possibility on, out on the last leg. That was uh, your, uh, that was your uh, challenge today, to give her the best, uh, yeah, to give her the lead? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we know she has a really strong finish and uh, yeah we really believe in her shape right now so uh, it felt good to just stay in the lead and uh, give her a good opportunity to do her own race. How is it uh, to run in the first team with uh, beep number one compared to running in the second team? Uh, are you more attacking running in the second team as you did until you know, more uh, more pressure uh, today? Um, well I mean it's uh, it's kind of almost the same, I think, but uh, yeah, when you go out in the lead, it's a bit different. Uh, I feel like I'm, I like to start a bit behind and just catch up with runners instead, but uh, yeah, it's a bit special to go, in, go out in the lead and uh, uh, try to keep the others behind. <laughs> it's quite special to win uh, Jukola or Wenla also. Uh, can you tell about uh, the feeling? Yeah, it's... Uh, super nice to do it together with the other girls that we've been training together for like the whole year so yeah it's uh, a really good feeling is it uh, no you've been winning the big relays uh, or your club uh, three times in a row is it possible for anyone to to challenge you yeah maybe that's the goal for the future now we'll see <laughs> uh, 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 good luck with the celebration what will you do uh, <laughs> I don't really know actually <laughs> we'll see yeah. <laughs> uh, good luck at least. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sana <laughs> Fast uh, after um, their victory in uh, Vanla Relay and Iko Nai no EFK Göteborg also had a good team in the men's relay. They were uh, running a couple of hours later uh, when it started to getting dark in the Finnish forest. Uh, should we go through our predictions? Uh, First or uh... yeah, so Jokola uh, the last three year, three times has been uh, won by Sturatuna, and both of us we guessed that they would win the fourth in a row. Uh, I had guessed Tampere Pirento in second place, uh, and then we in third, Linné in fourth, and then IFK Göteborg in fifth. And after Sturatuna in um, first place, I had uh, in my guessing Kalman Rasti as number two. Antanui as number three, Ukuline number four, and Helsingin Sunestaya number five. For those who uh, have um, seen the results, uh, yeah, we have a couple of teams uh, yeah, uh, correct there. 
Yeah, but also some wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, before the relay even started, we saw some uh, saw some big dropouts. Uh, for example, for the Tiumila winners, Antenui, uh, they lost uh, the last leg runner from Tiumila, uh, Elias Jonsson. He was supposed to run the last leg uh, this year at Jukola, but he was dropping out because of a toe injury. Um, big, big loss for them, of course. Uh, his form has been really, really good this year. And yeah, it was... And even if Anthony has a big, big depth and a lot of good runners to choose from, when you lose one of your two best runners, that's always a that's always a big loss. Um, for Tampere Pirinto, they had lost uh, they lost Elias Kuka. He was supposed to run the third leg, so then he was uh, he was dropping out just as he was for for Tiumila, and then they had to completely reshuffle the team. Uh, and I'm not sure if that was uh, that was the optimal for them uh, it would have been better if they could have a fit Elias Kuka on the on the long third leg and save Florian Hovald for for the day legs but yeah uh, and also I think if Göteborg they had some dropouts in Fredrik Bachmann uh, he was supposed to run in the team but he was not there uh, I think that's top teams that had dropouts maybe I've lost someone um uh, I can mention a story it was uh, you know this uh... Guy who uh, is from Ber- was from Bergen, Jun Tvet. He was running in Halden in Nukola uh, in the 90s. And he got fever. Uh, but uh, he would not go out of the team. Because he said that uh, even if I have uh, a couple of degrees in fever, I'm re- really much better than a reserve uh, to run this, uh, this relay. <laughs> but uh, the, the coaches... Uh, uh, they uh, they couldn't uh, let him run with a fever, so uh, he was out of the team. Um, yeah, uh, it was a really, would you call it a tough start uh, with a three and a half kilometer long leg to the first control? Yeah, three and a half kilometer unforked. Uh, I remember it was one of my first Jukolas back in 2009. There I think the first leg had an even longer first control. I think it was like four and a half kilometer. So this one was short compared to that, uh, but yeah, with the uh, with the unforked uh, first control, uh, the speed is insanely high. Uh, there was two big route choices we could see on the GPS. Uh, one route choice were clearly faster than the other, but they were also making some mistake on the good route choice, so the gaps didn't go as big as it could have been. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting to see on the first TV control there that there was a lot of teams with really high number bibs already in the in the front there uh, for example Bredarid with Emil Azelius he punched the first control first uh, with number 695 uh, there were also some teams with numbers in the 700s that were just behind him uh, and then the Lithuanian veteran Vilius Alionas he was uh, one minute down starting from position 1536 and then Panoris, which was the completely last team, they were also within two minutes. So we were speculating a bit on that in the previous show, how much you would lose. So it seemed like not much at all, actually, uh, given how good the teams in the middle of the pack, around 690 to 720, was doing in the first first control. Um, but yeah, after the first control, it was forking, and there things started to happen. And there was a lot of good teams losing Quite a lot of time here on the first leg. Uh, what I think happened is that uh, they're running a bit uh, over uh, capacity. Some of the teams uh, down in the uh, with uh, high beep numbers, uh, 
because it's unforked. And uh, then uh, when you have uh, run uh, over your capacity and uh, are starting doing individual orienteering, you're making uh, mistakes. So then it's uh, you saw later on in the leg that it was uh, really big gaps behind uh, uh, between the teams. Yeah, but uh, Emil Auselius, uh, the young guy from Bredarid, he was not among those doing mistakes. He was doing very good orienteering uh, in the front. And then in the end, he even got a small gap. So he was all alone into the last control, changing over 35 seconds ahead of team number two. Uh, and then in the small, small second group, there was, yeah, I think it was about 10 guys. There were some of the some of the favorite teams. We had Helsingis Unestad there. We had Duratuna there. We had Ukolinea there. Uh, we had Tampere Pirinto there. We had IFK Göteborg there. Uh, and then we had a lot of good teams losing a lot of time. Uh, there was a big group about four and a half to five minutes behind where we had teams like Hove, uh, Halden, Entenui, Snu, MS Parma, Turemetsenkevia, Urion, Ikalisten. And then behind there in the next group, six, seven minutes down, we had the Ravinen, Kalmarosti, and Ulnorska. And even further behind there, around eight minutes behind, we had the, the two Oslo clubs, Nydal and Turing. So, a lot of good teams had a bad start. Uh, Turing is not in Oslo. It's uh, actually in uh, Bærum, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, it's no, it's. Uh, uh, we used to say that we are the best in the city. So we then we count ourselves as uh, Oslo club, even if you are technically correct. Yeah, I uh, heard uh, Matthias Kubert said that uh, in an interview after finish. Uh, but we will come back to that uh, later on. Um, is there something else to uh, take out from the first leg uh, worth mentioning? We have uh, seen uh, some losers time here, but uh, Ocelius is uh, yeah impressively good all the way on this uh, leg. And uh, then it was uh, uh, one uh, guy who stood out quite well in um, the second leg, uh, Jonathan Gustafsson. I, I will... Uh, uh, take forward and say that he was the man of this uh, leg yeah he was definitely the MVP uh, he started nine minutes behind uh, and when he came to the finish he was three seconds behind the lead uh, fastest leg time with more than four minutes uh, ahead of Jekyllisel and so yeah outstanding uh, race from him and he had a like, really really good start I think it was already on the first or maybe the second TV control uh, I heard the, the speaker said that he had been already by then three minutes faster than the others um, and then he catched up with the EQLSL and they catch up with the lead and in the end it was a small group of seven teams within 20 seconds um, with Hagabi and EQLSL first just ahead of Jonathan Gustafsson and then you had Four of the absolute top teams, Sturatuna, Ukolene, Tampere and Helsingis Unisayat. And there was also a surprise team, Uko Kolmorden, uh, which did a really good race, uh, the whole relay, and got a very good result for them. And we also saw uh, some of the favorites struggling uh, here on the second leg. Yeah, uh, just behind the front group, there was a small group where we had uh, teams like Pankri, Sandstad and IFK Göteborg. They were less than two minutes behind. And then there was a more than two minute gap down to the next group where we had teams like uh, Entenui, Parma and Kove. And then there was groups behind between about two minutes difference. Uh, the third group were Halden, Nidan, Koeter, Kalan, Rosti and Urien were. Uh, 
Norska and Tyrving were struggling almost 10 minutes behind. Uh, OK Ravin had a horrible second leg. Uh, Emil Grantvist came to the finish 19 and a half minutes down. Uh, they are yeah, down in 81st position at this time. And even if they climbed in the end, they finished 12th, but they were never in contention for a top result anymore after that. Uh, behind Ravin, almost four minutes behind Ravin, we had Ika Listen and Uswa Voima, uh, almost 23 minutes down. Uh, and they finished in 11th place because they had a fantastic race after the second leg. I think uh, Mika Knuttela on the third leg, he was second fastest. And then they were fourth fastest, and then second fastest, and fourth fastest. And then on the last leg, they were in the fight for the sixth spot. So, yeah, Ikalisten had a very bad start, but they were able to turn it around in a fantastic manner. Um, but yeah, the gaps were really big here. Uh, a lot of good teams, five to ten minutes behind. Uh, and when you have such good teams as Duratuna and Ukolene, Tampelopirento and Helsingsunasat in the front, you kind of know that there is no way back. And uh, they continued on uh, leg number three uh, to uh, uh, r- running in front. Uh, Rasmus Andersson was uh, uh, the man of this uh, relay, uh, running in front uh, almost the whole way. Yeah, it seems like the four teams I mentioned, they were more or less together for around half the course and then they split up and uh, Rasmus Andersson did the best orienteering and it looked like he had the freshest leg in the last part. Uh, so he got, he created a gap of two and a half minutes down to Tampere Pirinto. Uh, Florian Hovald was with him for almost the whole way, uh, but he couldn't keep up on the last long leg uh, and lost some time making some small mistakes there. Uh, Stura Tuna in, fourth play, in third place, they were down four minutes. Uh, Helsing and Sunestad in fourth place, they were seven and a half minutes behind. And ah, that was that was uh, I think that was a big disappointment for for them. Uh, Topi Siralain and he should, in my opinion, he should be the best guys of these four uh, in ninety minute night orienteering race in Finland. Uh, but he was making too many mistakes uh, and lost almost eight minutes. Uh, he was just in front of Hagabi in fifth place. Kuve was in sixth place. And then in seventh place at this time, you have Kalman Rasti's second team. Uh, and then while well, they did a perf- perfect start for, for the Kalman second team, and the first team had a horrible third leg where yeah, they lost more than 20 minutes uh, after Thomas Krivda felt some injuries early on and he had to yeah, suffer through, through the whole 14 kilometer leg. Uh, and yeah, they lost, yeah, as I mentioned, more than 20 minutes and they dropped down far, far behind. And even if they, of course, climbed a bit in the last four legs, they never even got back in the top 20. Uh, you know what they call Rasmus Andersson in Ukoline? The good old man. So he's showing that uh, uh, the olders are uh, uh, are best. He had the best uh, leg time with one minute to... Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Ikalis Nusso Voima. Here they started to climb with uh, Miko Knutila, uh, second best time here. Yeah, I, I had to say that to Rasmus on Sunday morning that, oh, I didn't know you still had this level in you. Uh, because he's, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been a long time since uh, Tiumila in 2018 in Ninasham where he was 
flying on the long night and created a 10-minute lead. Uh, he's been good, uh, but he's not been this good the, the last few years. So, but the re- extremely impressive performance by him. And uh, we still see some uh, college surprises in the uh, top 10. Uh, Panke Shansta is uh, running good and Uko Kolmoden is also running good. Uh, but uh, we can uh, also mention that uh, uh, there was... Uh, yeah, there is some health issues with Hovaretsmo. Uh, he is uh, not running uh, uh, consequently good, and he has uh, something in his body that's not uh, working. And he, uh, he and then uh, when he is running uh, for Yves Göteborg, uh, not feeling good, uh, it was uh, uh, yeah, it costs them a lot of uh, time. In this uh, third leg at Jukola. Yeah, you know when I came to the finish, uh, I was number 35. Uh, so in the end, I passed both Kalman Rasti and Halden, for example. And then when I checked my mobile phone afterwards, I saw that, ah, oh, shit, I almost beat Howard Eitzmo uh, on the leg. He was like 40 seconds faster. And then I know that that's not good for him. Uh, and then, yeah, Sunday uh, afternoon after the race, I was watching the GPS and it looked like his GPS, were, I was expecting him to make big mistakes, but it looked like he was quite clean and just looked completely dead physically uh, so it's clearly something that's not top with him and yeah he had this uh, really strange experience at Tumila and I've heard that he's been complaining a little bit about his form since that it goes up and down and obviously here it was a very bad bad night for him and when EFK lost almost 15 minutes on the third leg they were also out of the fight for 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 the top top three spots yeah, but the strange uh, he uh, in uh, between uh, Tiumila when uh, he was feeling uh, really bad and uh, the same now, uh, he qualified for the Norwegian uh, uh, World Champs team. So then it was working, uh, yeah, uh, slightly better we have to say. But uh, he's uh, he's not feeling great, uh, so he's not been doing really great uh, last time. Um, and another. Uh, yeah, he is from uh, Trondheim, and a team from Trondheim, and Anui, with BIP number 11, had a, a really strange injury in this um, uh, leg here. Oskar Advarsson has to had to quit the stage after uh, getting a stick in his wallet, and it, uh, he had to shoo, sue a comfortable, un, uncomfortable number of stitches there after uh, he had to retire from the race. I'm not sure if wallet is the correct expression. I haven't heard it. But yeah, you know, you can the listener can imagine what we're talking about. It's it's between the legs. It's not one of the places you want to be bleeding during Norwegian race. So that was Anthony's second team. Uh he had actually just passed me a few kilometers before it happened. And then he looked really fast. And yeah. So Anthony's second team was uh, yeah, in the fight for maybe a top fifteen, top twenty. Uh, but they but they had to drop out on the third leg. Uh, and uh, in the front, uh, we, if we uh, take us uh, further on to leg number four, Uke uh, is still running in the lead. Oskar uh, Sjöberg, he showed uh, uh, great shape in the selection races in Switzerland a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, also running here in the lead. Um, and uh, yeah, behind him uh, to the changeover, Tampere uh, Pirant, one minute down. But then it was a gap. Five minutes yeah. to Oscar Schreiber was running alone in the front. Uh, not technically 
perfect race. Uh, Mikko Erola was from Tampa was catching up more than a minute. Uh, Lauri Sild uh, was catching up three minutes. He was the fastest on the leg and bringing Kove up to third place. Uh, Stura Tuna lost one and a half minute and we're now five and a half minute down in fourth place. Uh, Helsing Sunnestad lost uh, also a couple of minutes down to fifth place. Uh, Panke Sandstar running still fantastically well in sixth place. Um, Anthony was now in seventh. Will Norska, the Swiss team, up in the top ten. Um, so yeah, this was a this is a leg where you normally expect a lot of things to happen. Uh, but in the front, the gaps were already so big after the third leg that yeah, it you, it was some time changes. But uh, of course, and Lauris Hill was running really well, taking Kuba up to third. But it was no big changes, and it felt a bit like the relay was uh, in a waiting phase. Yeah, but it was um, starting to get um, quite big gaps. Uh, five minutes down to number three, almost ten minutes down to number five. Yeah, and it's always like this, you know, when the yeah, it's it's on these short legs where the best teams really have better runners than the surprise teams like uh, yeah, Panke Sandstad, Cole uh, Morden, for example, Kalmar the second team that was in the top ten. Uh, so yeah, this is where. Teams like Linné, Tampere, Suratuna can really make the difference. And we saw also that uh, the always talented Anders Hiltness had second best leg times. So you mentioned the, the really good teams. He's running for Tuving and he was second best on this uh, leg. Yeah, bringing Tuving a bit up in the results. Yeah, it had, Tuving had a uh, had a had a bad start, losing eight minutes on the first leg, and then continue to lose on the second, and continue to lose on the third, and then here with uh, this good leg from Anders Schiltness, it really turned around, uh, and, and the fight for a top ten was still on. Um, on leg number five, uh, uh, Ukulene sent out. Uh, yeah, I would say one contender for a medal in the um, World Champs uh, middle distance, Lukas uh, Basse. And he was definitely. Uh, he was increasing the gap uh, down to the other teams. Yeah, so Luca Basse, he was running alone in the front all the way, uh, increasing to Tampere Firenze. Uh, yeah, almost uh, a bit more than two minutes faster. So the gap was now growing to three and a half minutes. Uh, Stura Tuna, Henrik Johansson ran a good race, but lost five seconds. So the gap was still over five and a half minutes. Uh, and then there was quite big gaps down. Kove was now in fourth place. Uh, Panke Hansta in fifth place after five legs. I mean, I did not see that coming. Uh, fantastic run by Hugo Matson here on the fifth leg. Uh, Helsing is only start in sixth place. And then IFK Göteborg comes to the finish in seventh place with Quentin Moulet. And then something really, really fascinating happened. And this is one thing we will talk a lot about when we are finishing with six legs. Uh, yeah, um, we saw here um, that uh, yeah, the good teams, uh, as you mentioned, they have good runners. And uh, if you look at the leg times, you see almost uh, only the top teams uh, there. Ikalisten, Nosema, Moima, uh, still running good, second best uh, leg time here. Uh, yeah, and uh, should we just uh, jump to leg number six? It was looking yeah. really good for um, Ukulinev, and they sent out uh, they sent out uh, Albin Riedefeldt, um, but uh, the chasing was on. 
Yeah, the I mean when you when you start with a significant gap, uh, the course is only nine kilometer. It's technically quite tricky. There isn't many runners you rather want to have there than Albin Riedfeldt, the reigning European champion in middle distance. And Albin, he ran a good race. Uh, he was uh, second fastest on the leg, uh, but he lost almost three minutes to Stora Tuna and Victor Svens. Uh, I think this is we had a we had a fantastic race by Jonathan Gustafsson on the on the on the second leg, uh, but this is this is I think this is better from Victor Svens. This is the, this is the race of the of the of the Jukola relay. Uh, five and starting almost yeah more than five and a half minute down. Uh, going out full speed, almost a completely queen performance, uh, catching up a lot of time on the reigning European champion, uh, bringing Sturatuna into second place, less than three minutes behind, and now within within striking distance for the for the long last leg. Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, he has uh, almost three minutes better than Riedefeldt. and uh, yeah, number three on the leg is uh, four minutes down. Uh, yeah, uh, we're talking here about good runners. Uh, uh, yeah, four minutes down on uh, on the leg time, and I uh, I agree that this is the performance of the of the relay bringing Suatuna back into it. Uh, and um, if Göteborg, as you mentioned, uh, they were uh, heading out as uh, number seven in the relay, but uh, there it was uh, trouble and uh, changeover. Yeah, so on on the fifth leg, Quentin Moulet, the Frenchman, he's coming into the changeover. I, w- I, w- I was watching this and it was quite hilarious to watch. So he comes in, he picks the map, and then he runs to the fence. And then Kasper Foster is not there. And then you think, like, that's a guy, just you know, one of these normal things where the runner is not prepared. And then Kasper come running in from the side. And then instead of taking the map and run, he's, like, stopping. They're stopping and they're talking. And then I see uh, Moulet giving something to Kasper. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe Kasper yeah, forgot his compass. So, yeah, okay, he got his compass. And then Kasper ran out. And then I see Moulet, he's passing by where we are standing. And I see that, yeah, he has no compass and he has no emit. And then I ask him, what, what's going on? And then he was like, yeah, I don't quite know. Casper uh, told me to give me his emit. And yeah, I just did it. So <laughs> uh, something I've never see, experienced in, in, in orienteering before. Casper uh, Foster had been losing his emit and his uh, compass during the during the warm-up during a toilet stop and yeah uh, panicked uh, when he was going to run out and he took the emit of the of the fifth leg runner and of course you can't do that because the fifth leg runner he has to read out and Casper has to run with the emit that is scanned with to match his number uh, so yeah that was the end for EFO's work they were disqualified uh, Kasper had a quite good race, even if it was bad uh, or stressed before start. Uh, he was almost keeping the same speed as Victor Svensk for a long time, and then he made a small mistake in the end. So he was, I think, he was about as fast as Albin Riedefeldt on the on the leg. Uh, so, I, but yeah, I think that's that's a sentiment of how good Victor Svensk was running because he was crushing the maybe the best orienteer in the world. Uh, I think uh, we can hear uh, what uh, Kaspar himself uh, explained uh, after he had uh, 
uh, he had read out uh, the email card. Kasper uh, Fossa, uh, what happened uh, with you today on the sixth leg here at Jukola? Uh, yeah, probably one of my uh, most embarrassing <laughs> moments of my life so far. Forgot my, uh, I uh, took off and forgot my uh, emit and uh, compass in the toilet. Um, and five minutes before Quanta was coming, I realized that I, uh, I couldn't find my emit, and then I went to the back to the toilet and knocked on all the doors, asked everyone if there's an uh, emit card in there. No one. Uh, uh, no, no response, uh, or no, no, no one uh, saw any Emmett in there, and then was running around trying to get uh, hold of the team leader and ask him if he had the Emmett. He he didn't have one, and then uh, Quanta was coming, and I just thought that uh, okay, last chance is that I take his card, and uh, hopefully the backup system uh, is enough. But uh, uh, the rules are that uh, you can't run with the same. Same Emmett car twice, so uh, uh, that's uh, extremely sad to uh, do something that stupid and uh, disqual disqualify the team. Uh, when did you realize that uh, the team was uh, disqualified? Well, I uh, I thought that we might be disqualified once I ran out, but then I just had to like try to focus on the race and uh, not think too much about it. But then, of course, in the run-in, I heard that uh, we are disqualified, and then uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, I knew. But uh, did you manage to to do a race uh, uh, focusing on orienteering? Yeah, no, nah, uh, it was not really good. But uh, I uh, felt like I uh, got into a good flow after maybe a couple a couple controls with a bit of bad orienteering and hesitations. But I, uh, I also have some small mistakes and uh, quite one quite big one in the last control in the first where I lose some time as well. So it was not uh, not a very good race. Uh, what should you do to get a revenge on this one? Ah, that's tough. It's one year till next time. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I'll bring two or three emits with me next time. Then I'll make sure it not, doesn't happen again. <laughs> Keep a couple uh, backup emits in my pocket maybe. Yeah, you will run with both uh, every security line and uh, everything. Yeah, that's a hard lesson to learn. Uh, thank you for uh, telling us, Kasper. Yes, thanks, Ivar. That was uh, Kasper Fosser, and uh, then IFK Göteborg was out of the relay. But uh, Victor Svensk, as we mentioned before, he, he has brought uh, Stortuna into the relay again and uh, actually in the fight for uh, victory as we could see uh, on the last leg. Yeah, so heading out on the last leg we had uh, Lukas Liland for Ukolenir uh, about three minutes ahead of Emil Svensk for Sturatuna. Then it was another three minutes down to Fabian Eberschold from Tampa Pirinto and four minutes from Pirinto and down to Kove which had uh, Kenny Kivikas on the last leg. And then in fifth place, Helsingin Sunnestad with Oleo and I started. So 12 minutes behind the lead, six minutes behind Tampere in third place. Uh, so really, really spread out there. Uh, but then we had a great, it was all open for a great battle for the sixth place because uh, it was less than three minutes between Kalmaras, the second team, and then we, Wilnoska, Pankis Hanstad, MS Parma, Tyrving, 
Ika Listen, Oswawoima and SNO. So there was a lot of teams in the fight there uh, behind the, the, the top team. So we, we saw a, a last leg with several great battles uh, with, with, the, with the biggest battle in front. Uh, yeah, and uh, when you were running last leg, it's uh, good runners uh, all the way. So it was uh, really famous names here. Uh, uh, but uh, it was a tough uh, morning for uh, Lucas Lila when, when he was uh, chased by uh, maybe one of the best runners this spring, Emil Svansk. Yeah, and we have to remember that Lucas Lilan is a very, very good orienteer. Uh, it's it's no surprise if he's in the top 10 at the World Championship uh, in three weeks' time. So, And then you can think that three minutes is a quite big lead, but it's the last leg, it's a, it's a long-distance race. Uh, they were running for almost 90 minutes. Three minutes isn't that much. And we could see that Emil Svensky was putting the turbo on from the beginning, uh, catching some times, making some mistakes. It was not a clean first half, uh, but he was running very fast, so he could catch up time between uh, between the TV controls, getting closer and closer. And I think it was yeah a bit after halfway, he had been working his way all the way up. Uh, could see Lilan in front of him and get catch the last few seconds. And they were, they were together with like four or five kilometers to go, I think. Uh, and then it seemed like, uh, yeah, they were waiting for, for the final sprint, more or less. Uh, I think uh, Emil Svensk was uh, quite eager to have a final sprint there. Uh, you could see uh, Lucas Lilan uh, on uh, the TV pictures uh, trying to to get Emil uh, ahead of him. To yeah, maybe that uh, Lucas could uh, do another uh, route choice and uh, uh, get a gap there or something. Because uh, I I don't think it's many that can beat uh, Emil Svensk in a sprint finish. No, uh, and we we saw that they were almost stopping at one TV control, but uh, yeah, and Lucas explained afterwards that his, he he was hoping that uh, if he took a bad route choice around on the path, Emil would do the good route choice straight, uh, and then hopefully Emil would make a mistake. But yeah, Svensk he didn't give Lucas a chance to do that, so he was just following him on the bad route, and then when they come to the third last control or so, he he put the turbo on and. Yeah, there was, uh, Lucas had no answer to that. And Sturatuna wins for, for the fourth time in a row. Uh, fourth time in a row with the same seven runners. That's outstanding. Yeah, it, uh, it's not the same setup uh, every year, but uh, it's the same runner. So, yeah, historically, uh, fourth time in a row win there for Sturatuna. And it was, uh, yeah, almost 20 seconds down to Lucas who who was uh, jogging into the finish. Uh, but then it was uh, almost 10 minutes down to number three in the relay. Yeah, so Fabian Ebersold and Tampere Pilento started out as number three. He made quite a big mistake early on. Uh, Oleo and Ao came past from behind uh, and passed him and dropped him with quite a big margin. So Helsingin Sonestad in third place, nine minutes down. Uh, but more than six minutes ahead of Tampere Pirento in fourth place. Uh, then Kuve was number five. Kenny Kivikas ran a stable last leg, losing time all the way, but uh, not no big mistakes, and he could stay away from the big group fighting coming from behind, uh, where Tyrving took the sixth place after beating MS Parma in the sprint. Yeah, you see here that uh, 
Uh, those two guys uh, had the best uh, time on the leg. Uh, Kibus and uh, Axley Rola. I don't know how long they were running together. Uh, almost from the beginning. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. The yeah. yeah, so... Uh, Actually, maybe got a good uh, back there, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, on on uh, on the TV controls, it was often Axley ahead. Uh, so I think he did his fair share of during tearing. Um, but yeah, they were running fast. Uh, they it was a big group starting out with runners like Langedal, Breivik, Joey Hardorn, Gernot Jimsen there. Um, but yeah, the, those two ran away from the others with more than five minutes. Uh, I think for the eighth place, we had a really great sprint battle uh, between Langedal Breivik for Antenry and Joey Hardorn for Uelnorska. I think when yeah when they came to the pre-warning together, I think most people expected Joey Hardorn to win it. Uh, but Langedal Breivik, he had a good good speed down to the last control, so he had a small gap. And then, uh, you know, the Norwegian benefited from the emit punching, and Joey Hardorn had a really bad punching on the last control. So Langedal Breivik got the meters he needed uh, to make Anthony in eighth place and but, uh, in ninth place. But you know, it's um, it's always uh, easier to lose the sprint finish with a bad uh, punching than uh, to be a better uh, sprinter than the other guy. Then you have an excuse, you know. Yeah, no, but uh, I saw it and it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it seemed like he tried three times before he got it. So yeah, it the gap went from like three meters to twenty meters, and of course Joey Hardorn is fast, but he's not that fast. Uh, and then it was extremely tight battle for the last top ten spot with between Gernot Imsen for Panke Shansta and Timo Uxan and Rikalisten. And yeah, from the pictures I saw, it was like impossible to see who was. Who was first, but uh, Gernot Kenschbaumer and Panke Sansta got got judged to be a few centimeters in front, and so then Pan in the top ten and Ikalisten just outside in eleventh place. Yeah, uh, Oxen had a good uh, last leg also. He was uh, number ten on the leg, and we see if you look at the leg times, uh, you can see that uh, there are some uh, world uh, champs runners that uh, starting getting into shape. Uh, we can mention Kibbutz is the fastest, Oya now number three, Emil Svensk number four, even if he was uh, having a easy period on the leg there uh, when it was tactical playing against the Lilan. Regborn uh, six, but for that uh, Gustav Bergman was number five. He used to win those, uh, have the best leg times. So that, that was maybe a surprise. Yeah, but he was complaining afterwards that he had a he had a rough night and a bad stomach, and you know he said that it's it's uh, it's it's good in a way that he's having a bad day when the team is having a bad bad night. Uh, so yeah, but as you mentioned, there's a lot of good runners prepared for world championship, uh, and yeah, you men- we mentioned earlier that Ikalis uh, they had a very bad start. After two legs, they were 22 and a half minutes behind. After seven legs, they were. 25 minutes down so they were running yeah they were running like podium team uh, on the last on the last five legs very impressive from them uh, but uh, the team that uh, impressed most uh, for the first fourth time in a row uh, was uh, Stuart Uno uh, I think we should listen to Emil Svensk uh, after he had decided uh, this uh, relay 
Emil Svensk, uh, when you're going out on the last leg, uh, are you heading for the victory then? Yes, of course. Uh, I know it was three minutes up to, to Lucas, so of course I go <laughs> go for to catch him. Uh, is it uh, 100% from start or is it uh, you need to have the technique with you all the way? Yes, of course. I, I start uh, quite fast. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I push too much in the start uh, in the beginning, so I do some smaller mistakes. But uh, then I take a little bit more ease and uh, do a good technical performance. Uh, yeah. And uh, when you then get a glimpse of in, uh, him and his back, uh, what's the tactic uh, then? Uh, I was quite tired when I when I saw Lucas. So uh, the first tactic was uh, just take take it easy behind him, and then uh, and then decide quite fast to to wait for a finish. Yeah, there was some uh, what you recall it uh, chicken race there when Lucas. Uh, we saw some pictures. He was uh, running around the tree and take it a bit easy. Maybe not doing the best route choices. Uh, was it a chicken fight? Uh, how, how do you like such situations? Yeah, it was a, a new experience for me, but it was quite fun also. But uh, I've decided to, to do my best in the finish, so I go for it. Uh, how uh, sure were you to, uh, to take him in the finish? I'm not, I'm not sure, but... Uh, I, uh, I decided my best way to, to be first in the finish was uh, to, to, to go all in the sprint. So, yeah, I go for it. And uh, four times in a row winning Jukla. How is that? Can you describe it? It's hard to <laughs> describe now, but uh, I think it's uh, quite cool <laughs> in, in some years. And, uh, of course, it's uh, take a lot of years when, uh, yeah. Then you can summarize uh, when you are uh, older, but... Uh, this summer it's uh, coming for you uh, something uh, uh, maybe more important. We have seen that you're in great shape uh, this spring. Uh, uh, and uh, this is also a new uh, yeah, uh, goal for you. And uh, what do you think about uh, World Champs a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it's uh, about three weeks to the World Champs, uh, the main goal for the year. So I think the shape is the, gr- the, the ground shape is uh, really good. And now I will try trying to top the, the shape a little bit. So yeah, I think uh, I'll be prepared for the, the Alps. And you will run all the distances. And after this uh, last leg, will you also run last leg in the Swedish team? Uh, we will see. I don't, I don't really know, but yeah, we will see. And what's the biggest goal in the World Champs? Uh, hard question, but uh, run uh, good technical uh, performance uh, in all uh, races is the main goal. Uh, but of course, I, <laughs> I go for medals also. But uh, can you dare to celebrate Jukla victory before you uh, prepare more for World Champs? <laughs> not, not so much celebrating now, but uh, maybe uh, after World Champs. Uh, congratulations at least. Yeah, thanks. That was uh, Emil Svensk and uh, that was uh, this year's uh, Jukola VST. Or is it uh, any more uh, general thoughts we should uh, bring out to the people? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, we have to say it's a historic win four times in a row can they win five times in a row it's not impossible uh, I think uh, yeah of course winning four times in a row is 
magnificent, but it's almost equally impressive that they have been able to field everyone every year. So they have the same seven guys running four years in a row. No time with uh, injuries, no missing because of health issues. Um, we will see if they can make it five next year. Uh, they have a good chance. There is a lot of strong teams. Uh, some teams will get stronger next year. Um, Sturatuna has some guys that is not young anymore. So, but they, so far it looks like they're able to uh, to keep the decline away. Uh, they were running good in the night, and yeah, I mean, if Viktor Svensk is continuing to improve, maybe. Emil has to give up the, the last leg again like he did last year. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, last year it was uh, Victor running last leg. And then uh, uh, in, in between some interviews there, uh, when Emil came uh, back uh, as number f- uh, in the lead uh, after five, uh, no, after six leg, uh, he was talking a bit in between some interviews there. And uh, they said that uh, we talked to Victor. Uh, and he was calm and relaxed uh, going out there now. And then Emil uh, quoted quite uh, fast. I don't believe in that. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he didn't believe that uh, his uh, little brother was uh, calm going out in the lead at the Jukola Viesti. There is some pressure there, you know. And uh, the pressure will not be less for Stortuna when they are so, yeah, maybe not so big favorite, but they're uh, defending the victory years after years. And it's really impressive. Yep, and then of course it was very impressive running by Linnea. They were in the front for a long time all alone. Uh, yeah, I mean they didn't run perfectly. Oscar Schöber makes a mistake. Uh, Albi Riedfeld wasn't completely clean. But, so yeah, I mean, but they were running really, really good and they got still beaten. So it's, uh, yeah, Sturatuna was the better team. Uh, and I think it's it's no shame to lose when when you lose against a great team that has a great performance and you know the gaps from Linnea and down to the other teams really really tell that story uh, there were two teams really in a division of their own and then we had uh, some great fights down down the result list but uh, yeah the gaps are big and there's a lot of teams that has a lot of work to do for for next year yeah Ukulene, last year they were in the fight for uh, second place uh... Uh, but uh, there it was Gustav Bergman decided ahead of Elias Jonsson and uh, Riedefeldt. So they uh, actually, uh, when Lukas Lilan was, uh, he was not running last year, uh, he was back in the team now. And I think yeah, maybe they were running uh, slightly better, uh, as you uh, uh, telling, uh, this year than last year. And they were actually, the club record was from uh, 2008 when they also was number two. And again, uh, there are number two. Uh, that's the best Ukulene ever has been in Newcola. So let's see if it's less than 15 years until next time they are in the top two. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, we will see that. Uh, uh, and it was uh, Delta who won that uh, in uh, 2008, uh, just to mention that. But uh, that was back then. Should we look uh, to the future of Newcola? has been decided uh, where it will be organized in 2027 and 2028. Uh, uh, those two will go in uh, Sutkamu, in Wokati, and in Espoo, uh, close to Helsinki. And then we have uh, next year, uh, Kohava. Uh, it's just east of uh, Vasa, up in the uh, north. Then we have Mikli again in 2025. Kotka, 
uh, and also uh, as I mentioned, Sutkamu and Wuka now uh, now <laughs> Espoon in uh, 2028. Uh, 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 are there uh, of those uh, I mentioned here five in a row? Is there anyone that are more attractive uh, or, than the others? Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, I've been looking a little bit about where the terrain will, how the terrain will be next year. Uh, it's like going to be at the airstrip uh, somewhere outside of a small town called Kava. And I was looking at the map and map of Finland, and I was kind of worrying a bit, like where is the forest? Because around the airfield, there is just a lot of big fields and very small forest patches. So it will be interesting to see what they can come up with next year. Uh, I expect there has to be some creative creative course, I think, to make it good. Because I expect it to be really good. It's always good at Jukola. Uh, and then, of course, from those you mentioned, 25 Mikkeli. That's, uh, I was running the last Mikkeli Jukola in 2009. Uh, Kutka on the southeast coast. That's should be quite similar to this year, perhaps. And then, yeah, I have my eyes on 27 in, in Vuokati. I hope that should be uh, a bit different experience. It's really far up north. Maybe we can get uh, what we didn't get in Rovaniemi, a very, very light night uh, with some really nice terrain. So, you, yeah, I mean, Jukola is always really something to look forward to, but it's always a little bit special if the terrain is super nice as well. Um, but uh, already this week there are new uh, uh, big events. Uh, uh, we are recording Monday evening. Uh, on Wednesday there will be a sprint champs in Norway. Uh, it's uh, in um, in this Annam Norwegian champs week that are uh, broadcasted on the Norwegian television. Uh, it will be a uh, afternoon or evening race uh, with um, uh, only senior classes uh, up in uh, Trondheim. It's where uh, the world champs was uh, back in 2010. Yeah, and then in the weekend it's the traditional U-Festival uh, in Oslo. Uh, and I think all these three races are part of the selection race for for the World Cup. Or it's not just the forest race, it's the U-Festival relevant for that. I don't think uh, the forest sprint in U Festival, but uh, the sprint. No, but in... the forest races. Uh, yeah, yes, the forest races uh, in U Festival. There are selection races, yes. and the sprint on Wednesday also are a selection race. Uh, yeah. For the and World then Cup. In, and then in Sweden we have the Swedish Ultra Long Championship. Uh, I think it's organized in Idre, where it was World Cup some years ago. And then in Switzerland, there is selection races. We are recording this on Monday, so dropping the podcast on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, they will run the, the long-distance selection race for World Champs. And then on Saturday, it's the middle-distance selection race. And then on Sunday, it's the Swiss Champs uh, relay. And I will take part in that together with my my teammates in Olgi Helsogen Buxe, the, the Hovalt brothers, Florian and Severin. Even if I'm I'm making sure that the team is not eligible for medals, as I'm not a Swiss runner. Uh, but we hope to to beat a lot of teams in that really. Uh, will you not uh, run the selection races? Uh, uh, that would be good for our coming uh, junior national team uh, coach, wouldn't it? Yeah, or first of all, it would be really good for my training before Swiss U week. But no, I will not run the selection races. It's only for Swiss runners. 
and I am quite tired of the Ukula, so I need to I need to take some easy days. But uh, we will, of course, uh, analyze all those uh, races uh, when we are uh, back again in uh, one week. Yeah. So yeah, stay tuned and uh, and uh, go out in the forest uh, looking for controls. Bye bye. Mannen drar ut och löper orientering Med kart och kompass och med räktiga sko Sikta sågar är det bästa notering För kroppen var lätt och god I vår national orientering podcast Mapping compass, navigation skill Orientering competition Jag har mött nog jävligt på På bostad och för Running like a motherfucker I vår national orientering podcast